Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36 day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full-time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So, any dollars you give help keep it all going, and I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. After 10 years leading the government, the growing sponsorship scandal and divisions in the Liberal Party led Jean Chrétien to retire as leader of the party, ending his term as Prime Minister. This election would see several changes prior to the dropping of the writ as well. Along with the Liberal Party having a new leader in Paul Martin, who was the finance minister through the 1990s and the son of longtime cabinet minister Paul Martin Sr., the Canadian alliance was gone, replaced by the Conservative Party of Canada and its new leader, Stephen Harper. On the new Democratic side of things, a new man, Jack Layton, was now in charge. Only Gilles Duceppe remained from the 1997 and 2000 elections. Most experts believe that Martin would cruise to another majority government, but due to the sponsorship scandal, the polls started to show that the popularity of the party was beginning to sink. The sponsorship scandal was an effort to raise awareness of the contributions the Canadian government had made to Quebec industries and other activities in an effort to counter the separatist movement and the Parti Québécois. The program began in 1996, one year after the Quebec referendum, and it would be running until 2004. It was in that year, prior to the election, when a broad amount of corruption was found in the operations, including money given to Liberal Party-linked ad firms. More than $100 million was paid to these agencies, who did little more than hand over the checks. A total of $2 million was awarded in contracts without a proper bidding system, $250,000 was added to one contract without additional work, and $1.5 million to one contract when work was never done. The support for the Liberals would fall as much as 10% nationwide, with huge declines in Ontario and Quebec due to the sponsorship scandal. The Liberals would campaign on the slogan of Moving Canada Forward and Choose Your Canada. The central focus of the platform for the party would be healthcare and the promises to fix it for a generation, but that would slowly shift to the back as the party focused on a new strategy, attacking Stephen Harper. Another issue for the Liberals was that while Martin had name recognition due to his long stint as finance minister, he was the oldest of the party leaders by a considerable margin, and many saw him as a millionaire who may not be in touch with regular Canadians. The Conservative Party had only elected its new leader, Harper, in March 2004, only weeks before the writ would be dropped to trigger the election. Just before the election call, the Conservatives were polling quite high and were within one to two points of the Liberals, sometimes moving ahead as the election call approached. The party would campaign on the slogan of, Demand Better. Learning from the 2000 election when the Liberals linked the Canadian alliance with two-tiered health care, the Conservatives, this time around, campaigned on putting more money into health care than the Liberals. 
Overall, the Conservatives would campaign on a $58 billion plan that cut taxes, put much more money into the military and healthcare, and paid down deficits. The platform was double the amount pledged by the Liberals. The Liberals would attack the platform calling Harper a reckless spender that would push Canada further into deficit and jeopardize healthcare funding. In order to lower the Conservatives in the poll, the Liberals would demand Harper deal with his party members who had extreme views on abortion, and they would bring out an old essay by Harper that stated the political right wing had to rediscover social conservatism and reverse the societal nihilism that was destroying the moral fabric of the country. One conservative candidate would state that homosexuality was unnatural, which Harper stated, quote, My understanding is he was simply commenting on his religious teachings, but he's been asked to make it abundantly clear that he would respect the decisions and the lifestyles of consenting adults, end quote. Harper would state that if elected, he would pass legislation to prohibit same-sex marriage, but that he would oust any party member who did not treat the LGBTQ community equally. By June 10th, while the poll lead for the Conservatives still existed, they were now forecasted to win 117 seats, compared to the 112 by the Liberals. The election would see a major change in how elections went forward in Canada. Polling times were arranged to allow results from most provinces to be announced almost at the same time. This was because British Columbia residents would often be going to the polls, even as the results were being announced in Atlantic Canada, Quebec, and Ontario, thereby influencing voting patterns in the province. Early in the campaign, the Conservatives polled high with some projecting a Conservative majority. Harper seemed confident enough in victory that he would speak with former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney about governing with a majority government. Martin would respond to the sagging in the polls by the Liberals by stating, quote, it is my vision, and it is one that I will be asking Canadians to accept. Now, if they don't, they don't. But I didn't come into public life simply to get elected. I came into public life because I have very, very strong views on where I think the country should go. End quote. The election campaign would immediately show itself to be nastier than usual when John McCallum, Veterans Affairs Minister, confronted Harper at a campaign stop in Ontario over the defense platform. After the incident, Harper would state, quote, when you have the senior cabinet ministers at street protests, I think they're getting pretty worried. End quote. Things would slowly begin to change, though, in regards to the poll numbers for the Conservatives. As the election campaign went on, the Liberals played into the increased concerns among voters over remarks made by Conservative candidates over bilingualism, abortion, and homosexuality. The Liberals would fuel this further with television ads that criticized Harper for supporting the American-led 2003 invasion of Iraq, and stating that the Conservatives supported privatized health care. Harper would state that he only advocated lending moral support to the American coalition. He would say, quote, The nature of liberal campaigning is that they get into the muck. My guess is that they will attack, as they have with my predecessors, my region, my religion, my language, my family. That's what liberals do. End quote. The Conservatives further hurt themselves in the polls, claiming in a press release that Martin supported child pornography due to a failed action against child pornographers. Martin would say the statement, quote, This is personal. I am a father and I am a husband, and he has crossed the line and he should apologize. End quote. Welcome back, everyone. If political strategists had their way, the federal campaign would be as mundane as possible. The politicians on their best behavior, the messages honed, even the smiles scripted. But the unexpected can happen, and on Friday it did. The Conservatives issued a press release accusing Paul Martin of supporting child pornography. Reporters following the campaign smelled blood, and in the age of instant messaging, that smell travels fast. 
Our own team was there when the story broke, and we were filming as the political spin and the counterspin shifted into overdrive. Tom, where'd you get it from? Can you email? Uh, Blackberry, yeah. Uh, the Tories put out a release, but I don't, I don't have it for some. Can, can you send it to me, Bob? Bob? Yeah. Our Ben's at the star.ca. Oh, f I just saw a copy of the of the news release, and what they're outlining is Mr. Martin's voting record on the issue of child pornography. That's not what it says. It says quite clearly here that Paul Martin supports child pornography. Today, Martin says he's against child pornography, but his voting record proves otherwise, and then you go through it. You're, you're making an inference that he is in support of child pornography. Well, I mean, Bob, I see a, a copy of it. I mean, I don't... I don't think there's an inference that somehow Mr. Martin... That wasn't vetted. Paul Martin voted against the motion prohibiting the creation and use of child pornography. I'm not saying anything. I mean, it's come out from the warrant, so I'm going to take a look at it and call them, and then I can get back with you a proper statement. These incidents began to swing support for the party down, giving the Liberals a clearer path to victory. The Conservatives would attack the Liberals as well, focusing primarily on the sponsorship scandal. One election campaign stop included a large check made out to liberal-friendly ad agencies in the amount of $100 million. Harper would say, quote, this is only a symbol, end quote. While the Conservatives had their issues on the campaign trail, the Liberal campaign stumbled, enough to keep things close in the polls. On May 27, 2004, the Liberals polled at only 33% in Ontario, previously a stronghold for the support of the party. On June 10th, an Ipsos Reid poll found the Liberals at 32% and the Conservatives at 31%. The Liberals would begin to use attack ads, something that was rare for the party before, including one featuring a gun pointed at the camera with polluted skies. It would state, quote, Stephen Harper says, when he's through with Canada, we won't recognize it. You know what? He's right. End quote. Harper would attack the ad, stating that it assumed Canadians were imbeciles to believe it. One Conservative spokesman would state, quote, to show someone pointing a handgun is, first of all, ridiculous and alarmist. End quote. Overall, the Liberals were more negative in their approach against the Conservatives. Martin would say at one point that the Conservatives, quote, actually don't like Canada the way it is. They do think it's some socialist backwater that's in decline, and they do think that it needs to be fundamentally changed. End quote. Essentially, the Liberals campaigned on the platform that the Conservatives could not be trusted. The Liberals would even attack the NDP, while also attacking the Conservatives at the same time. At one campaign stop for the NDP in Windsor, Ontario, strangers dressed in blue began to hand out pamphlets that depicted Leighton as Harper's helper. Full-page ads in Saskatchewan newspapers warned that voters might as well vote for the Conservatives as the NDP. Martin would say, quote, If you're thinking of voting NDP, I ask you to think about the implications of your vote. In a race as close as this, you may well help Stephen Harper become Prime Minister. End quote. The new Democratic Party would be led by a new man, Jack Layton, and this would help to revitalize the entire party in Canada. The party was polling at the same level it did during the 1980 successes. The campaign would focus on gaining seats in urban centres in Canada, and the party's platform focused on catering to those regions, while Layton would spend his time mostly in the areas of Toronto, Hamilton, Ottawa, and Winnipeg. During one stop in Toronto, Layton would place the blame of homeless deaths directly on Martin, stating, quote, these deaths due to homelessness in this city took a rapid rise immediately after Paul Martin cancelled the affordable housing program, and their names stand in testimony to the neglect that has reigned on our city. End quote. 
the remark would result in the Liberals demanding an apology from Leighton. Leighton, generally unknown outside of Toronto, where he had been a city councillor, would begin a road this year that would lead him to become a Canadian icon to many. The Bloc Québécois had suffered setbacks in 1997 and 2000, and many thought the party would continue to decline. By the time the election rolled around, though, support for independence in Quebec had grown, and this would reflect in the rising poll numbers for the Bloc, who also benefited from the sponsorship scandal and its impact on the Liberals. The Green Party would run candidates in every riding for the first time in its history, and it would win twice as many votes in the election over the previous 21 years of existence combined. With the share of the popular vote, the Greens were able to receive federal funding for the first time. Healthcare continued to be a main focus of the campaign, especially with the cuts to transfer payments to the provinces by 16%. In one poll, it was found that 48% of respondents put healthcare as the most important issue, twice that of the second most cited issue, corruption in government. The sponsorship scandal would be a central part of the strategy for every party except the Liberals. Attacking the Liberals for being too long in power and corrupt was a basic strategy for all the opposition parties. In the French-language debate on February 15th, Martin would be attacked by the other party leaders over the sponsorship scandal, while Harper was attacked over his support of the Iraq invasion coalition. Many viewers felt that Harper took the worst beating in the debate. During one attack, Martin would state, quote, You were for the war in Iraq. You wanted to send our soldiers there. And now we find ourselves in a position we don't know what your position is. End quote. During the debate, Harper appeared to have been caught off guard by the assault, stating, quote, I've articulated my position. You're not listening. You never listen. End quote. During the English language debate the following day, the attacks against Harper and Martin continued, more or less over the same matters covered in the French language debate. In this encounter, the campaign's two frontrunners, politically opposed but side by side on the debate stage, each out to convince Canadians why he should be Prime Minister. It's a choice that matters because we have very different values and we offer very different prescriptions for the future. It's about choosing a government free from 10 years of liberal waste, mismanagement and scandal, a government that will be accountable, a government that can be trusted. Mr. Uh, but on the issue of trust, Paul Martin said Stephen Harper could not be trusted to protect charter rights already ruled on by the courts. The fact is, you would allow that vote to take place. Absolutely would not. That vote Mr. Martin, we have the same position on private members. Will you use? We're using your system on private members. Would you use the notwithstanding clause in the case of a woman's right to choose? Would you protect it? I will, I will not have legislation limiting a woman's right to choose, you, Mr. Martin. I've said that. But let me go to a case where I would why, consider the notwithstanding Mr. Harper, clause. let me ask you another question. Why do you say that sexual orientation child, is let me not talk protected about, by Let me charter. talk about an example. Let me talk about an example where the notwithstanding clause might be appropriate. No. We've had repeated decisions and acts of your government on trying to declare uh, child pornography having artistic merit or public good, court decisions that limit our ability to stop the dissemination of child pornography. If I can't do it through ordinary legislation, I will do that if I have to protect the rights of children. Once the Supreme Court has made a decision and said, this is a right, then I do not believe that Parliament should use a notwithstanding clause to overturn it. We are a nation of minorities. And if we're not prepared to protect minorities against the occasional oppression by the majority, then in fact what's going to happen is that the basic values of this country will winnow away. Now, what's your opinion, Mr. sir? Okay, now, Mr. Lake, what is your opinion? Let me Why answer will you. Not hiding behind the Charter, I certainly you are support trying the to Charter. Avoid taking what you a are saying on an issue of you're, human rights is by referencing the Charter uh, and saying that you won't allow it to be discussed and voted on in Parliament, sir. Why won't you allow this to be voted on in Parliament? 
What are you afraid of? Hiding behind the charter. I cannot believe that. The fact is the charter is one of the fundamental pillars of our democracy. Why don't you take your leadership and making sure that those rights are protected, That is exactly what I have done. You have not done it at all. It makes no sense for us to be sending the bait. And on it went. Clash after clash. The other leaders trying to drown out Paul Martin on a variety of policies. And then, on the issue of whether Canada should join the North American Missile Defense System, this. Did your handlers tell you to talk all the time? Oh, that, that's very funny, they, Mr. Yeah. Martin. We're talking here about missiles that could threaten the safety of the world. What we're talking I about don't find it a laughing matter. The, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, sir. We're talking about you never nature. asked the Canadian people whether you were going to get into discussions with George Bush on putting weapons in North America we're that could be infinitely Iraq. dangerous. And I'm asking you to hold yourself to account. What is the difference between your Star Wars, your missile defense, and Stephen Harper's? At least he comes out and says we should do it. After the debate, the Conservatives polled at 36% compared to 31% for the Liberals. Two days later, the polls had Liberals at 35% and the Conservatives at 34%. In the last poll before the election, the Conservatives sat at an estimated 115 seats and the Liberals at 106. The election, held on June 28, 2004, would see the Liberals lose 33 seats to fall to 135, 20 below what was needed for a majority government. This would be the first time since 1972 that the Liberals had a minority government. The Conservatives would rise 27 seats to finish with 99, forming the official opposition. The bloc would rebound from the previous elections, gaining 21 seats to finish with 54, the highest total in its history. The NDP would also increase its seats by 5 to finish with 19 to become the fourth party in the House of Commons. The Conservatives would take most of the seats in the West from British Columbia to Manitoba. The Liberals would pick up only 6 seats from Alberta to Manitoba and 8 seats in British Columbia. In Ontario, the Liberals lost several seats but still kept 75, while the Conservatives won 24. In Quebec, the Bloc Québécois took most of the seats at 54, while the Liberals took the remaining 21 seats. The Liberals have a minority government. Despite the victory, voters took them down several notches and now they have to adjust to the new reality. Here's the CBC's Paul Hunter. By the looks of it, you might think he'd just won a huge majority. But as freshly elected Prime Minister Paul Martin returned to Ottawa today, the cheers from Liberals who met him at the airport may have signaled relief. Last night, with voters taking more than 30 seats away from Liberals, but having faced down predictions he'd lose way more than that, if not the whole election, Martin celebrated minority. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Promising Canadians, he hears them. We take two things with us to government. The message that Canadians have sent to us tonight, a message that we must do better. And the second message that I take with us to Parliament is the positive vision that we have set out before Canadians. And that also is the vision that we take with us to government. A number of big-name Liberals were defeated. Among them, Agriculture Minister Bob Speller, Heritage Minister Hélène Scherer, a potential minister, former Winnipeg Mayor Glenn Murray, and Defence Minister David Pratt, here congratulating the 25-year-old Conservative who beat him. I know that you're going to find it interesting and tremendously stimulating, so uh, wish you well. Among notable Liberal winners, Conservative-turned-Liberal Scott Bryson, Liberal-turned-Bloc Québécois-turned-Liberal Jean Lapierre, former hockey star-turned-Liberal Ken Dryden, and former British Columbia New Democratic Premier-turned-Liberal Ujjal Dusange. I am absolutely humbled. 
And though there are recounts to come, the overall picture shows Martin's Liberals with gains in the East, but falling significantly in Quebec and Ontario, slightly in the prairies, though picking up a bit in B.C. The result? I think that what we have got is a stable minority government. The question now, how to govern? Martin says he's not planning any kind of coalition, but will at times need the support of other parties. He's already spoken with the other party leaders, including the NDP's Jack Layton. I congratulate him on his campaign, um, and he did the same, um, and that uh, we agreed that it was going to be very important that all of us uh, work hard uh, to make, uh, to make the, the new parliament work. A new cabinet will be named within a couple of weeks, then, says Martin, onward to fulfilling his campaign promises. Minority governments can work and that minority governments can't have mandates. And I do believe that, yes, I do believe we have a mandate from the people uh, to act on the issues that we set out. But how long can it last? Martin notes that some governments in Canada have survived years in minority, though the federal average is just under 18 months. If that holds true, round two would be autumn of 2005. Paul Hunter, CBC News, Ottawa. Martin would say of the win, quote, Canadians expected and expect more from us, and as a party and as a government, we must do better, and we will. I pledge that to you tonight. End quote. Layton, who saw his party with more power thanks to the minority government, would state of the election, quote, My commitment to Canadians tonight is that we will hold him to it with every ounce of energy that we have. End quote. Even with the loss, Harper was optimistic about the future, stating, quote, We all accept the verdict of the Canadian people. Remember that until someone, someday, achieves a majority, the fight is not yet won or lost. End quote. And before long, only a few years later, we'd be going back to another election. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at the 2004 election. Tomorrow, I'm looking at the 2006 and 2008 elections. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romain, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Maclean's Queen's University, Dynasties and Interludes, Wikipedia, and the Ottawa Citizen. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.